its management or the UC Board of Regents. FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening to Our Digital Future, Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Today we have our lovely guest from Oregon, Leslie Graves is in studio. Hey everybody. Hey Irvine. She's very knowledgeable on lots of things, especially <laughs> what she's been working on as a graduate student in Oregon. She's doing a PhD in counseling psychology. The magical world of the mind. And I've known Leslie since middle school. It's true. We are long-time broskies. Sixth grade, Long Beach. And it's been a long time since I've been on your show, Ziva. Many moons ago, you you did the rock and roll, and we had fun. ZM Radio, 2000 to 2010-ish. Rest in peace. Yes, now we've been on the air as Talk, Public Affairs Programming, Our Digital Future, doing um, librarians interviews, archivists interviews, anything to do with education, information, the internet, digital future. I like our library at the University of Oregon, the Knight Library. I'm applying there. For what? A librarian position. Oh, sweet. In Eugene. We need some some sassy librarians there. I'm going to step it up, despite how much I like the library. No offense, librarians. How is um, grad school? How do you enjoy it? A lot of our listeners are undergrads on campus, maybe finishing up summer school. Well, I think it's fourth week of second session, so they're in the middle of summer school right now. It's a five-week session, I believe. Got, gotcha. This is actually my first summer that I've actually just been able to be be a little bit rambunctious. I feel like usually in the summers I'm doing a lot of work, so this is definitely a change. I don't know, grad school, it's it's nice if you want to keep going with your education. I worked for a couple of years after undergrad and decided that I wanted to go back to school to kind of focus my interests more, because at that time I knew I wanted to do something related to therapy and mental health, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to focus on, the kinds of people I wanted to work with, and then eventually I, I went back to school. You can do a master's in counseling, which is about two years, but I decided to, to go for the gold, which has been kind of a long-term <laughs> investment. It, I'll be embarking upon my sixth year. Wow. soon which is is long so you have to be willing to to do to uh do something for for at least a few years and really like it so i think that's one word of advice if you're going to go on to grad school whether you get a master's or a phd or some other type of degree is to really know what you want to do because because you are taking a little time and a lot of cases money and and other you know investments to to come out the other side so so imagine for um phd graduate students that entails a lot of research. Yeah, no, well, research in, in my program, you mean? Yes. Because I was going to say, you probably want to do a lot of research before you decide on where you want to go get your PhD, too, because you're going to be there for a while, and you better like the people or the place or hopefully a combination of the two. But, yeah, in my PhD program, we do a lot of research. That's one thing I think that distinct distinguishes um, the PhD in counseling versus the master's in counseling is that we have a lot of added work in research combined with also doing therapy and training to become therapists as well. And then you utilize 
library resources such as databases, journal, printed journals, and librarians at all? Absolutely. I have to admit, I have less direct contact with the librarians on our campus, but I do utilize our archives and our specifically our psychology um, journals a lot that we, we have online through our, through our resources in our library. I don't think I would have survived <laughs> this grad program if I didn't have access to all of that, so it's been really helpful. What kind of stuff do you look for in the archives? Well, my main interest is college student mental health, and so a lot of the um, articles and materials that I look up focus either on school, um, school issues in psychology, or um, the particular age group I'm interested in, so anything from like 19 to maybe 25. So a lot of times when I'm looking into psychology journals, I'm, I'm searching our, our library arch archives to access those, and we also have... I, I'm not sure if this is true of a lot of university libraries, but we also have the ability to request resources from other schools and have them sent to us, which is nice. I haven't had to do that a lot yet, but it's nice to know that if we don't have it, someone else does, and they can get it to us. That's exciting. When's your um, graduation? Oh, Lord, who knows? I think I, it's going to be in a, a couple of years at, <laughs> at this rate. Uh, I think it's a seven-year commitment for me a seven-year itch so uh, after this year I'm working on my dissertation now I'm gonna have to do a lot more research for that too and then it ends with a year actually working in a college counseling center proven I can do it so Are long you trip be a professor I am not as interested in the teaching aspect just because I'm nervous. I, I, it's, it's a lot easier to speak in this room with you where no one's watching me than it is to, to speak in front of a large lecture hall with, with uh, eternal students who don't, who don't find me funny at all. I think they laugh because they feel bad for me. But uh, I had my first crack at real teaching this, this last year, and it, it was fun when, when I could tell that everyone was really excited about the topics, but... You know, it's a struggle, and I, I'm working on being a little more confident with that. I obviously am a little more comfortable doing one-on-one -on -one things, which is why I'm happy to sit in a therapy room all day and work with people that way. So, You could do a talk radio show about your profession as well. <laughs> or I could be like Frasier and just try to do you know, radio therapy, although I don't think I would be very very good. I feel like I need a, a special accent just to pull that off. You can be the next Dr. Drew. <laughs> maybe. or the maybe Female Dr. Drew. Didn't Dolly Parton also do some sort of like talk radio show where she was giving advice? Or a movie. She made a movie. Not real life Dolly Parton. But. I remember her movie, Working 9 to 5. <laughs> That's true. I could, I could just talk about you know, powerful women in film and, and do some sort of weird therapeutic connection to that on the radio film and radio wed you have had a radio show for many years as well in boston and in oregon i did i i loved being on the radio i worked at the wellesley college radio station which is really small kci is lucky to have such a big listening audience and have so much um technology just to to make a lot happen here wellesley is a pretty small campus you you were lucky if you could hear it on the other side of the hill we didn't really have a lot of internet options and then when i came to oregon it was the first time i was able to be at a big campus and get to actually uh, share um things i was doing with a larger larger community and have folks come on from the community played music or just to talk about different issues going on and kind of promote the arts in Eugene um, 
which kind of waxes and wanes a bit. Um, but I really like doing it. I wish I was still doing it now, but I've been pretty busy with other things. So. I hear Eugene's two hours out of Portland. It is. I'd say it's probably one of the, between Eugene and Portland, I'd say those are two of the main cities uh, worth visiting in Oregon, not to knock the rest of the state. It's beautiful. But those, I think, are two of the main liberals, kind of central, central um, kind of major cities that you're going to find throughout the state. And uh, I like it a lot. A place I had to be stuck for seven years, certainly, certainly not bad. That's good to know if I apply and get an interview yeah. and a position in my dreams. I would um, do transfer our digital future to the University of Oregon radio station. Hey, they have a good one there. I, I really liked it a lot. It's a good mix of students and also com- community members. Some of my favorite DJs and talk talk show hosts there were um, some, some really old dudes who had, who had been working at the radio station for years and years and years and knew everything, and they were the best. So there's a lot to learn from the, the older, wiser crowd. Yay. Yay. And what brought you in your life to your profession? Growing up, was you always into counseling, learning about psychology, or what your undergrad background as well let us know you know it's funny I actually found one of my old yearbooks from Long Beach in Coverly elementary school and I think in my fifth grade testimonial I said I wanted to be like a children's illustrator or a veterinarian and yeah that didn't happen Um, but I didn't decide I cared about counseling until I had the second half of college. I came into college thinking I want to do something totally different. I want to be a p- forensic pathologist and do like that CSI stuff. Before CSI was even a show, that was like what I wanted to do. And then I, fa- I was terrible at the sciences and just it really wasn't for me. And so I was shifting around. I thought I'd do art history, multimedia art. I, I literally bounced around to a number of things, just trying to find something that fit and felt good to me. And then I took my first psych class in the middle of college at the end of my sophomore year, and that's when I, I, I knew it was something I wanted to get into more. So it's really, I think, normal to not know exactly what you want right away until, until you try a lot of different subjects and find something not only that you like, but you actually feel like you're, you're doing well. Um, sometimes you don't give both, but uh, I don't know, working with a lot of students, I feel like that's the same thing I've heard from them, is just trying to find a fit with subjects that you enjoy. And then after that, I became more interested in college mental health after um, my senior year in college. There were, there were a couple suicides on campus, and there was a lot of concern about what we as a campus were doing to care for freshmen, people making transitions to college, and all the challenges of that process. So after that, I became more interested in per- looking into topics like depression, anxiety, kind of stress management for students, and had a chance to work in a depression clinic in Boston where we were doing um, research with a lot of university col- or college, or college counseling centers around the country on s- about suicide prevention. So when I came to the U of O, um, I knew that some of the faculty there were interested in student mental health and I thought that was going to be a good focus for me, something I personally cared about just from my experience in school, but then also uh, something that I felt there was still a lot of work to be done in terms of research and furthering our understanding of, of issues that are meaningful right now. And awareness as well on campuses, because I remember as a bio-sci undergrad here at UCI, there was such a competitive 
stressful environment as a student. Everyone wanted the A's, everyone was pre-med, and it was like life or death if you didn't do well on a midterm. Yeah, and I feel like, especially when you get to college, it's so evident how much your academic life and your personal life interact. And it's hard to attend to one and not be dealing with the other. Because in addition to doing therapy, I also worked as an academic advisor at the U of O. And that was something I saw so much as students would come in with academic questions like, oh, what am I going to major in? Or what classes am I picking? Or why did I fail this class? You know? And we'd end up just getting into all kinds of more in-depth talks about other things going on in their lives. Or maybe they were majoring in something that their parents wanted them to major in, but they really cared about this other topic. And how do we, how do we deal with that conversation? conflict and um, yeah I think at that point when you're trying to figure a lot of things out for yourself and become more independent it can it can be really stressful and especially certain kinds of studies the competition it, it's hard to f- maybe feel as connected and secure in, with your community as you'd like to be and that's something I, I'm really interested in is just school connectedness feeling a sense of community within your school environment and you know what kinds of things help promote that for different kinds of students you know, is it faculty relationships? Is it the kinds of people you become friends with? Just having opportunities to get to know people and get involved on campus. So I do a lot of research related to that, not only college but high school. You know, what kinds of things about a school, what aspects of the school context help promote you know, positive outcomes for, for young people, whether it be school-based ones, like good grades, achieving all the things you want, or also just staying sane, feeling mm-hmm. healthy and feeling like you you're connected to the people around you. Yeah, that'd be good. We need that at UCI. I remember as a freshman orientation, they would tell us, oh, UCI is known as the commuter school, and no one has a sense of... Well, a school's this big, too. I can imagine it can feel really easy to get lost. I mean, that was one thing. I mean, you and I went to a high school, about, like, 4,000 people, and then I ended up going to an undergrad that was half that size. And even then, that felt really overwhelming. But I, I recognized people everywhere I went. There was something nice about at least having so many familiar people people around me but even there there are things that made it really disconnecting it was a single you know, it was all women's school we were in the forest we were really isolated from the city or other aspects of the community and even in that environment it's still possible to feel very disconnected but at a large campus with so many people and so many things to do i can imagine you have to work a little harder to find your fit I remember visiting your campus, and um, we went to your cafeteria. It reminded me of the Harry Potter school. <laughs> it was really old and a little dusty, yeah. I, I, I actually just saw the last Harry Potter, and yeah, I could say probably it does remind me of that a bit. Well, I have yet to see the latest Harry Potter. The last one I saw in the theater on a rainy night, I fell asleep. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I, haven't, I hadn't read the book, so I was really surprised. And I'll, I'll just say, unreal, uh, as a... As a Side, you know, side note to our conversation here. I'll just say I always knew that Neville Longbottom or the actor who played him was gonna, you know, was gonna be destined for handsome greatness. I always have faith in the nerds. Always be loyal to them. Is that the know. redhead? Oh no, no, no. He's the Neville. You know, the one. The twin? No. I, I just said no. I don't know. No. Um, I just spent a week hanging out with some friends from England so now I feel like I have a fake accent sometimes it comes out uh, no he was kind of in the background he had, he was into botany and he had all the plants and he had buck teeth and was really chubby as a kid and then suddenly boom out of nowhere he's now this like fox and everyone's like I can't believe it it's like what do you expect it's puberty that's oh, what happens in but. the film I should know better as a future librarian 
I need to be aware of Harry Potter, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, and Twilight. Well, it's interesting. I actually read a lot of these books. I, I wouldn't have natu- naturally picked them up, but when I was doing um, therapy with teenage, uh, some teenagers and some kids, I had to be more familiar with some of the, the, the books they were reading just because it helped us to to build, I don't know, a connection when we were working together. You know, one of my 12-year-old girls was talking about Twilight, and I could actually say, oh, yeah, when Jacob did this, and she's like, oh, you get it. And uh, it, it helps, especially when kids are coming into a situation where they aren't necessarily going to trust a stranger right away to be open and talk about different things going on for them. You can find one way to connect with them about anything, even if it's just a, a book series they like. It was really helpful. Yeah, popular literature, public libraries... Go for it, everyone. Go for it. Book talks. Those are fun. What's your favorite book right now, Ziva? I'm curious. What, or what have, have you been reading that you like? I just had a class this summer called Adult Popular Literature, where we had to read book of every genre in public libraries, like romance. A book of every genre in public mm-hmm. libraries? Well, wow. almost like the po- top ones, like mystery, romance, sci-fi, fantasy, western, you had nonfiction. You to read ro- romance? Yes, that well, was my p- four-page paper was on romance. Romance genre. novels? Yes, we had to read two, and one was an audio book listening. Were they like, and I'm, I'm interested in this, are, were they like the Harlequin romance novels we see like kind of at the, the corner store, or mm-hmm. were they legitimate, like... One was kind of cheesy, but it's from a very famous popular romance author, apparently Nora Roberts. Oh, okay. And she does a lot of um, audiobooks as well, but they're more suspense, so romantic suspense Romantic fiction. suspense. So there's like a mystery, and there's like violence, and there's like a whodunit thriller, but then there's also a romance, and there's like an independent female lead that doesn't need any saving but then okay because when i because when when i think of that genre i think of like the covers from like the 70s where yeah fabio and some girl half cloaked in like a tattered you know southern bell dress like falling over like that's what i think of yeah i wanted to read a contemporary author like modern times Uh sex in the city romance no that's a cool challenge i knowing nothing of the genre really i I would be really interested to see what's out there that's leaning more that way yeah me neither and then so so we had to read two i chose two different authors that were like very different well yeah so one was called um the other author was zane and she was categorized under multicultural romance like urban so it was like totally different like multiple personality disorder character that was and that was a very erotic book so it was like reading like x-rated material fictional in your public library you know whoa because as a librarian you're supposed to um when you get requests on romance fiction suggestions Mm -hmm. you have to ask your patron um how spicy do you want it Wow, you 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 ask them? Yes, that's what you say because some readers are more comfortable with more or less, and so you really do have to be somewhat familiar with you know different aspects of each of the genres in, yes. in libraries. If you're a public librarian, not so much maybe academic because you're more helping with research papers, and I'm excited to be a librarian. Yeah, do you like? Do you prefer? helping people with things more like research or just helping people find things for pleasure reading that they they're going to enjoy i think research just because that's what i'm familiar with as working in an academic library since 2004 Mm -hmm. you've got the 
students that need the article for their assignment. But then, as an undergrad myself, you know, I didn't really use librarians. But grad students hopefully use librarians and professors. Sometimes they teach one of their lectures with a librarian. Yeah, I have to admit, I mean, I've gotten a lot of use out of the library for doing my research, finding books and articles and other things I need, and being able to access materials online. But I miss having as much energy and investment in reading for fun. And I've been trying to fight for that a lot in grad school. Sometimes I get so caught up with reading things I need to read for class or, or papers I'm writing um, that I'm like, oh, wait. I should be reading something too that's just for me so I, I'm making more of an effort now especially since it's been summertime to, to pick those things up but yeah if there only there was more time in the day if only I never have enough time in my day but if I could add more time it would probably be filled with more reading for fun I'd say now who needs sleep I'd, I don't know probably for your health mental health you do need for sleep help. As, as, a, as a counselor I can say that sleep is important to our, our mental health, our self-care, but I'm also a night owl. I'm totally guilty of staying up late to read a good book or watch a good movie or oh, yes, cook, cook a good late night meal, which I do too often as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could come down all the way from Eugene, Oregon. Our show's already nearing an end. It is. That was pretty quick. Really no, I, I love coming home. Ziva and I are both from Long Beach, and it's been a while since I've been able to come down to Irvine, but I like it here a lot. And definitely interested in coming back down to California to do work in counseling. So it's nice to be here and see the campus again. What's your mascot in University of Oregon? The duck. It's like he pretty much looks like Donald Duck with, quack, with, quack. Our, with our UO. Here were the anteaters. I like Zot Zot. I like the anteaters. We had, our, my mascots have been pretty, I don't know, we had the jackrabbits when we were in high school, and now I'm a duck. He was owls in middle school. Oh yeah, the owls. At Wellesley, we were just blue. We didn't have, it's kind of... Blue ladies. Blue ladies. But uh, yeah, I don't, I've never had a really ferocious mascot. I don't, I don't need to. I kind of like the ones we've had. Mm-hmm. We were the Hughes Hooters, I remember. Oh, that's a little different. Well, they were they were owls. But that's what they called us. Hooters, okay. Ziva and I used to break dance in the gym. Oh seventh yeah. Seventh grade PE. We go way back. We got an A. We were really good. Thank and, you. And now we're stellar intellectuals. Oh, definitely, <laughs> Mrs. Uh, PhD and Mrs. Uh, Master is here. You're a master of library science. You're a PhD. Um, not um, yet. Not yet. <laughs> Let's not jinx ourselves, girl. Yeah, not yet. Well, thank you so much, Leslie Graves, for coming down. Thank you much, Ziva Zadar, for having me. And we look forward to your great work as a doctor. Hopefully I'll make some good contributions, keep, keep helping students get by through the trials and tribulations of this, this mess called college. So, Thank you for coming down, and have a good weekend. Sayonara, Arvine. Adios, and stay tuned for The OC Show. Thanks for listening to our guest, Leslie Graves, on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've been listening to Our Digital Future, and we're going to end this show with the Braid song. I won't be here next week, because next week I'll be watching Braid. You lucky girl. Live in Chicago, first show in seven years at the Metro. Bring it back. So here we go. Braid, You Are the Reason is the song title.
are the reason why you 